the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Many people fear the coming tribulation. Let me just tell you, some of you are going to get through this tribulation. But the only way you're going to get through this is if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and your garments, no matter how stained they are by sin, your garments can be made white by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Dudley will show us that those who know and have accepted Christ have nothing to fear as the tribulation begins. Next, as we lift up Jesus. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share Him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Take your Bibles, take your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 6 and 7. I I want you to write this down if you would, these three things. What you're going to see is you're going to see seven seal judgments, and then you're going to see seven trumpet judgments, and then you're going to see seven bowl judgments. So today, I want to look at the seven seal judgments. Now, People believe that these judgments, try to understand this, they were either A, happening right then. In other words, when John wrote this and he gave the letter to those Christians in those seven churches, some people believe that they were experiencing these judgments that, at that time because Rome was coming in under the banner of peace, but it was really a war. And uh, many times they were starving and Christians were being put to death. And so uh, from one viewpoint, as we go through these judgments, some people believe that the first century Christians were experiencing those. Some people believe that we're experiencing them right now, today. That we're right now, we're going, as I go through these seven seals, one at a time, some people believe that we're experiencing this right now. And I'm going to show you some things it, it kind of looks like we are going through some of these judgments right now. So most people believe that these judgments are, re, are prepared for a future time called the tribulation. And during the tribulation, you think things are bad now. Things are going to get really bad as these judgments begin to fall. And they begin to fall like dominoes one after another. Now, which of those three is correct? I, I don't know uh, for sure. You're going to have to study this and come up with your own conclusion. I will tell you this that Jesus Christ came the first time and he's going to come back a second time 
And this period in between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, that entire period is known as the end times. So we are living in the end times. So what's going to happen is that Jesus begins to open up these seals. And when he opens all seven seals, that's the time that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return and redeem mankind. Now, uh, the first four seals, we're going to pop open the first four, and they're the four horsemen. If we have a picture of the four horsemen, the first horse, what color is he? White. The second one is red. The third one is black. And the fourth one is it's called pale. The Bible calls it pale, but it's kind of a pale green. The first seal is that white horse. Everybody say white horse. Some people think that that's Jesus. The, the white horse in Revelation 6 is not Jesus. This is the pretender. This is, this is false peace. Uh, this is deception. Uh, Jesus, after all, is the one that's opening the seal. Remember, God gave Jesus the seal, and now Jesus is opening up the seals. Uh, so he would not be opening up himself there. He's opening up one of the judgments. Some people think the white horse is the Antichrist because it looks like Jesus. He's on a white horse, but none of these four horses are really any one individual. They're, they really speak of a force or a power, something, something much greater than just one person. So the white horse represents what's called a false peace, Some, something that happens that we think, hey, this is all good, but it's all, we're all being deceived. The second horse, the red horse, and red is destruction. Red is graphically, graphically depicts and represents blood or war. So the white horse, it appears that someone's coming in to conquer, but it ends up in war. And then the third horse, the black horse, represents famine. Because the Bible talks about that there'll be starvation and famine, shortages, hunger, uh, you will not even be able to afford a loaf of bread when that third judgment hits. Now, again, some people think right now uh, that we're living in this time period. And, and you know, they, they, they could be true. Uh, every 3.6 seconds in the world, someone dies of starvation. Every year, 15 million children are dying of hunger-related diseases. One billion people on this planet right now live on less than one dollar a day. They say that three billion people on the planet right now live on less than three dollars a day. And so uh, whether we're living in these days today or whether it was the time when Rome was conquering and there was bloodshed and people were starving and, and disease and sickness set in, or whether this is something out in the future, the third seal, the black horse, is destitution. The fourth seal, the pale green, is death. The people begin to die. And according to the Bible, in that text, verses 7 through 8, one-fourth of the world is destroyed. Now, don't forget, things get worse and worse, because when you get to the seven trumpets, a third of the world is destroyed. But right now, it's a fourth of the world is destroyed. And then the fifth seal are martyrs. Who's that? That's God's people who were persecuted for their faith. Those are Christians who died. Uh, in other words, there's coming a period where Christians are going to be martyred for their faith. Now, we know today there are more Christians being persecuted right now, more Christians dying now around the world than any other time in the history of our world. There's a pastor. He's been on the news. He's over in Iran. He, became, he was a Muslim. He became a Christian. And uh, the Iranian government uh, have said that they're going to kill him this weekend. 
and he's only being ki- he's being killed because he's a Christian. And uh, he became a Christian, and he started uh, teaching others about Jesus over in Iran. And he, uh, he also started baptizing Iranian. He was, he was baptizing Muslims is what he was doing into Jesus Christ. And so the government says, hey, we're going to, you know, you're, you're through. But all around the world, there are Christians who are being persecuted for your faith. But there's coming a time, whether it's right now or in the future, there's coming a time where Christians around the world will be persecuted in great numbers. And they, they're the ones that are crying out for justice. God, when is this going to end? When is this going to stop? The sixth seal there's going to be some type of cataclysmic earthquake. The whole creation is going to be turned upside down. And these are people that if you survive seal one, seal two, judgment three, judgment four, and you're not, you're not, you don't die, this is where you wish you were dead. You look at the Christians that died when the fifth judgment happened and you think, man, I, I, I wish I had been one of those who had been martyred because you will think that you would be better off dead than what you're experiencing. That will be uh, judgment number six. The seventh judgment is, again, when God opens up the seven seals, all right? Now, you see the black dot between six and seven? I want you to write down, that is a pause button. Now, remember, he's revealing all this to John. John, this is, this, this is what's about to happen. What you're going to see in you, as you go through the, 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 tr- the trumpets and the bulls, he does the same thing with the trumpets and the bull. He goes through the seven judgment trumpet judgments, one, two, three, four, five, six. Keeps getting worse and worse. Six is always bad. Seventh is always the worst. But between the sixth and the seventh tr- trumpet, guess what he does? He pushes pause. Let's take a little time out here. He gets the seven bull judgments. Judgment, judgment, judgment. Six is really bad. Seven is really bad. Time out. Take a little, let's everybody catch your breath. So what I want to show you today, uh, a couple things. You see up in the, where it says seventh seal, chapter eight. Do you see that? Look at chapter eight, verse one. What seal is opened in chapter eight? The seventh. What is the last seal opened in chapter six? Six. All of chapter seven is the pause button. You see that? So I want to go and look at chapter 7 today. So look at chapter 7, verse 1, all right? Chapter 7, verse 1. The first two words, after this. Everybody say, after this. After what? After the first six seals are opened, something happened. I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. What are these four angels standing at the four corners of the earth doing? They are holding back the four winds of the earth. What does that mean? That means they're, they're holding the judgments back. They're holding everything back. Uh, seal number seven, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls. Nothing else is going to happen right now. We're going to take a little time out here. They're going to hold back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land, on the sea, or in the tree. It's speaking of them holding back God's wrath from being unleashed any further until we answer a question. And here's the question we're going to answer. Who can be saved? Write that down. That's a good question. You've got to think about this. If you were listening to John and you saw this judgment, the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the, the, the green horse, Christians are going to die for their faith. Then you have this cataclysmic earthquake where a fourth of the world is going to be destroyed. And when I get to number seven, things are going to be really, really bad. What is the question? Well, who's going to survive this? Who's going to make it through the tribulation? That's the question. There's two groups that he answers this question. Who's going to be saved? Number one, write this down, the 144,000. Revelation 7, 
In your Bibles, you'll see this number, the 144,000 that come from the tribes of, of who? Of Israel. And then you see a list of tribes. And there's 12,000 from each one of them. But there's two groups of people, the 144,000, and I want you to write this down underneath there as you have your notes. Some people think they're the nation of Israel. Some people believe they are those that were martyred. Uh, some people believe they were the Jewish believers. Some people believe they're the modern-day church. I want you to write this down. They are the remnant. These are the ones who, in Israel's past, believe in God. They're the ones, they're the ones, they're Jewish, they're Jewish Christians. They're, they're Jewish believers. They're Jewish people. They come from the nation of Israel, but they've come to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are dressed in white, which means that they have come to put their faith in Jesus Christ. So you have the 144,000. Who's, who's going to be in heaven? Who's going to make it through the tribulation? Those that come from the nation of Israel who've, who have recognized Jesus Christ is, is the Lord of all and the Savior of the world. And, and then write this down, you have a multinational multitude. A multinational multitude. Now, there is an organization called the Jehovah Witnesses. If they ever knock on your door, they're going to try to tell you, at least they used to tell you, that there's only going to be 144,000 people in heaven. They look at that number as a literal number. Uh, there will not be more than 144,000, and you're either one of those 144,000 or you're not. And they teach that. The problem with that is the very next verse talks about there's going to be so many people in heaven, there's going to be too many to even count them all. So it can't be a literal number. The 144,000 is truly symbolic of Jewish believers who, have, who, again, who've realized that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And besides the Jewish people that are there, you're also going to have the Gentile, people from every nation, from every tribe, in every tongue. They, too, will be dressed in white, representing people from other nations that have come to find uh, faith in Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Now let's look at verse 9. I want to read through uh, uh, chapter 7. It says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could what? Count. So that we know there's more than 144,000. And they're from every nation and every tribe and every people and every language and they're standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they're all wearing these white robes signifying Christ's righteousness, and they're holding palm branches in their hands, verse 10, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. In other words, that's why we're here is because of, of God's salvation that came through the Lamb, through Jesus Christ. Verse 11, all of the angels who are standing around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures they all fell down on their faces before the throne, and they began to worship God. Verse 12, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and, and uh, honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever and ever and ever. So all I want you to know is he looks up, who's, who, in the midst of all this tribulation, who's going to be saved? It's going to be the Jewish people who realize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and then people from every nation, tribe, and tongue who also believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They will all be dressed in white. John gives them a picture of what heaven is going to look like. 
The Bible actually says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And the point is that God wants everyone to be saved. Can someone say amen? It was Dr. Martin Luther King back in 1963, which was 48 years ago. It was almost 50 years ago that he said these words, that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is still the most segregated hour of the week. I wonder if Dr. Martin Luther King came back uh, to the United States today 50 years later and he traveled around this country and still today as he would walk into the vast majority of our churches, he would be able to make that same exact statement that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is still the most segregated hour of the week. I wonder what he would think if 50 years later we really haven't made any progress in churches across this country. I do believe if Dr. Martin Luther King came to Shepherd that he would be pleased with what he saw here today. You see, I think this is a picture of what heaven's going to look like. Because we have in this audience right now Jewish believers, people who are Jewish. I met a Muslim, a woman who was a Muslim out front before the service that she became a Christian. We have people from every tribe, from every tongue from every language that are here today. And what is it that unites us? The thing that unites us is that we've all come to put faith in Jesus Christ. And so I I just want you to know that when you come to Shepherd of the Hills Church, we actually have a a ministry called Dream of Destiny. You can can go online and look up dreamofdestiny.com. We're the the only church I know. There might be another one, but, but, but we're the only church I know. We have a staff member, Byron, who, who his job is to help uh, churches and organizations become racially diverse. We're going into all white churches and trying to explain to them why they need to diversify. We go into all black churches and try to get them to realize why they need to diversify. Because we've been commissioned, the church, we have been commissioned to reach people with the gospel, people of all nations. Amen? And so when you come in here and you look on every row, uh, there's someone from, uh, there's, a, there's a Latino, there's an African American, there's a Caucasian, uh, there's an Asian, there's a, someone from the Philippines, there's someone from Russia. We have the whole world that is represented here today. You need to be proud of that fact that you go to a church that truly is. You don't need to have a vision like John to see, well, who's going to be in heaven? You are, you are experiencing right now when you come here what heaven is going to look like. And these people who are, have been sealed, they are saved, they have, they have been washed uh, by the blood of the Lamb. Look what happens in verse 13. I, I love this part of the story as we prepare to close. One of the elders taps John on the shoulder and he asks this question. Who are all these people in these white robes? Where did they come from? Who are they? Why are, their, why are their robes white? Now, this was a trick question because the elder already knew the answer to this question. He was just wanting to know if John knew the answer. And so John, he says back to this elder, I love this. He goes, sir, you know where these people come from. These are they who have come out of the great what? 
They're the ones who survived the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the what? Now, first of all, that doesn't even make sense. If you take a garment and wash it in red blood, what's going to happen? It's not going to work. Wash. It's, it's all symbolism. If you've ever been to war or you've gone to battle or maybe you just fought with your brother in the backyard as a kid growing up or you played football or baseball, if you've ever known disease or sickness or hunger, you will notice you can't go to battle and come out of battle with a white uniform. You come out of a battle, your uniform is filthy. But somehow when you get up to heaven, these are people that had gone through the tribulation, trial after trial, seal number one, seal two, seal three, seal four, five, judgment six. And somehow he says, hey, before I tell you the very worst, which is seal number seven, let me just tell you, some of you are going to get through this tribulation. But the only way you're going to get through this is if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and your garments, no matter how stained they are by sin, your garments can be made white by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says these words in verse 15. See, this is the best part. They are before the throne of God. They serve him night and day in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them, which means that he's going to protect them and cover them. Verse 16, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. Verse 17, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will do what? God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, write that down, write that down. There'll be too many to count. They'll be from every nation. They'll be dressed in white, and they will be dry-eyed. Because there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more judgment. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more heartache. There'll be no more death or tears or loss. People will be there from every tribe and every tongue and every language. And we will shout worthy and honor and praise and glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Oh, he's going to open up that seventh seal, but he wants to push a little pause button just to let you know, if you want to survive all this, you need to come to Jesus Christ today. Before that seventh seal is open, you need to come. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 
we have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Whoever you are and whatever your circumstances are, I want you to know that when you walked in here today, you walked into a church that desires to offer hope to those who are hurting. There's a lot of people here today who need their past forgiven. There are many people here today who are going through a tough time. There are people here who are just hurting. They're trying to go through life on their own, and they need some of that power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. They need some of that. If God can raise a dead man, God can raise a dead marriage. If God can breathe life into a dead man, God can breathe life into your career or into your finances. If God can restore a man, you see, because Jesus conquered the grave, we have the hope that in any situation, because of that resurrection, we know that there is no problem that's too big for God to solve. Come and join us this year for Easter at Shepherd Church. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.